For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome to Believe. That's B-L-E-A-V in Lions right here on the Believe Podcast Network. And we have a very special episode thanks to a crossover with the Believe in Seahawks podcast. So I am joined by a star linebacker out of the universe or linebacker university down at UFC, USC three-time pro bowler for the Seattle Seahawks, the all-pro linebacker with 549 career tackles, and the co-founder of Zone in CBD in 1937 Farms. It's Lofa Tatupu. Thank you so much for joining the show. Yeah, brother. Part of the Believe family, man. Uh, It's an honor to meet you. Ah, oh, such a pleasure to have you here. So aside from Believe in Seahawks and your two businesses, what else are you doing in the post-football career? I mean, I'm watching a lot of football now. As you know, you get to talk about it every day uh, or every week on the Believe Podcast Network. So super grateful for that. But um, got a beautiful wife and two boys, seven and ten, Kai and Kane, and um, trying to trying to figure out what sport they're going to be, uh, you know, getting into. And so so football, not quite yet, but we got them in basketball and baseball, so it's a good start. Well, you know, Seattle, a lot of uh, a lot of athletics there to to speak yeah. of. With uh, yeah. hopefully they get an NBA team back sometime soon. Oh yeah, fingers crossed. But yeah, there's a lot of great you know athletes that come from this area. A lot of basketball players, uh, you know, Jamal Crawford, Nate Rob. There's a, there's a ton of them, and then um, you know some baseball players and football as well. Great city to be in. And if you're going to be betting on the Seahawks this weekend, make sure you use betonline.ag. They are back and better than ever. A new web interface for the rest of the NBA season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. So, Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus to uh, with your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your bonus. That's B-L-E-A-V-5-0. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. And when this game starts, no one's competing for the playoffs anymore. Oh. I know. Brutal, right? 
It really is. And so my co-host Jerry Ball, he's talked about playing for pride and what that means. Uh, his definition is kind of for a young player, it's to prove I deserve to be here. For an older veteran, it's I'm auditioning elsewhere. Is that how you would describe it? I mean, it's a little bit of both. You know, yeah, definitely you got to showcase what you can do as a young guy because you know, the crazy part is you might be auditioning for other teams, too, because the new regime might not want you. You know, they, that's that's the craziest part. And then as an older guy, you want to prove that you still got it. And, um, and you hope if you've been there a long time, you know, that the new regime is still they're, they're ready to rebuild with with you in mind. But it just you never know. And so like, it's a, what have you done for me lately, league? So everybody's auditioning, you know, week in and week out. It really is what have you done for me lately. But for your credit, you lasted through three different regimes. You were drafted by the Holmgren. You were with the Mora era. And then with Pete Carroll's first year with Seattle too. Yeah, man. I, yeah, like I said, you, you're you always trying to showcase your talents. And, um, you know, I, I did as best I could. And, yeah, the turnover, the turnover is really crazy, especially, you know, because um, – you know, you'll have with the new coaches, it's not just that they have players that they want, but they want, they have coaches that they like to coach with, that they've coached with. They, they've come up through the, the ranks with each other, whether in college and, and NFL. And so now when they get a head job, they'll, they'll start to bring some of the guys that they're familiar with and, and the schemes that they like to run. So it's, um it's a, it was a lot of learning over those three years, but luckily with the last one, which was crazy, Pete, my college coach, right? he brought in a whole new defense that we didn't even run down at SC. And oh, so, really? He changed things up. Wow, oh, man. It was wild. I was just like, yeah, what are we doing here? And, uh, and I, it was the scheme I think that he had with um, the 2007 and 2008 defense at SC, which were two of the most prolific defenses in all of college football history. They're up there with the, you know, the Alabama of the, you know, 2012 or 13, whenever they had their run. And um, I'm talking like seven points per game. And it's a good scheme. If you have, the personnel, but I'm not so sure we have the personnel. And so, um, you know, that might, you know, I was trying to play the role of Ray Malaluga, who's like 6'2", 6'3", 260, and can run. You know, I'm, you know, 5'11", 235, 240. Uh, so it was, a, it was an adjustment. We started off hot, but um, probably should have, you know, pivoted to uh, the, the old, the over, over front, the 4-3 defense that we were used to running when, when we were in the top five defense down in uh, Southern Cal. Well, and so is that kind of the same defense that they're still running right now in Seattle, the cover three? They, they still run, you know, a lot of the cover three principles and everything like that, but they, it's out of a different front. And so you see a lot more bigger guys in there. And that's why, you know, Bobby and, and even Jordan, you know, I predicted a career year for Bobby in tackles, which is, it's hard to predict that when he had 165 or 100 for such a star. Yeah, he's had like over 150, like three or four times, you know, in his career. But I, I saw the way the season ended when we got Carlos Dunlap before the trade deadline last year. It really, we we started to we put KJ Wright, you know, out there. It kind of looked like he was playing, you know, edge defensive end, but he was stand up. He was our Sam backer. Now they moved uh, Brooks, the, the new guy, right there behind the the line of scrimmage with Bobby, and. Um, and so I just saw that, you know, the, it was going to be a lot of opportunities to make tackles. But um, I think from a coverage standpoint, where we've kind of struggled is is not having that piece in K.J. Wright. Um, and I think, you know, him just even alerting Brooks or telling Bobby what he sees, 
you know, there's been a lot of communication that's lost there. And, um, you know, it's, it's really tough when you lose a player like KJ, Wright. Yeah. He really was a face of the franchise there. And it's kind of the last remaining members of that legendary Seahawks run. It's, it's Wilson and it's Bobby Wagner in the middle. Wilson and Wagner, man. And it's, um, you know, it's crazy, right? Because I, I know what the Super Bowl was, what, six, seven years ago now, 13, um, eight. But, um, you know, yeah, it was a special group, and especially with the Legion of Boom and then that defensive front that they had. It, it was it was incredible. It was an embarrassment of riches and uh, that, that were brought through some great drafts with John Schneider and Pete, and uh, they really hit on it. And then, but the, the hard part is, and I, this is only one bad year, and I think everyone's getting a little carried away with how it's going because, you know, there's a lot of people saying, oh, we want to see big changes. And, I mean, just last year we were 12-4. and four. And so, I, you know, we had some, you know, unfortunate luck with injury, you know, both to Jamal, both to, you know, Wilson. Um, and then, you know, you, you Car- Chris Carson, like, you know, a lot of people are saying, hey, well, why is Russell, if he's so great, why is he playing like this? He doesn't have a run game. And, you know, it's like, you know, only the last three weeks, two weeks really has, has Rashad Penny gotten going and, and he's been hurt every year, but this year. So it's, um, it's been tough sledding. Uh, I mean, no pun intended because we were in the snow last week, but you know, they're, they're, they're still competitive and, and Pete hasn't lost this team. You know, you see a lot of other teams that are struggling. They're getting blown out like by 20 points, you know, 30, you know, three, four possessions. That's, you know, that's where you start to worry. And so I'm not, I really don't believe in this whole blow it up, start over. I'd like to see them give it one more run um, next year. Well, and so to touch on what you talked about on not giving up, a lot of people credit Dan Campbell and the way he's coaching this Lions team to have those players playing for him. But when it comes to the Seahawks, everyone's still playing for it. But how do you fix it? Is it a matter of just getting healthy and having a good draft and free agency? What's the solution from this missing the playoff year? Yeah, you know, there's a couple of pieces missing. Um, I think really schematically, um, defensively, we get up a lot of yards, but we're, we're still, I think, fourth or fifth in scoring. And so, you know, a lot of the times when I get asked about that, I I don't care how many yards we give up. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, you know, you're, you're a defensive player, you should care. No, I, I want turnovers and I want no points going on the board. And if you're in the top five, you have a fighting chance every week. And that's why – We've lost probably of the 10 games, seven, seven or eight have come down to like the final possession in which we had a chance to win it. And, um, and I mean, it was very similar to a season that I had my, my fourth year, 2008 home runs last year. It was, man, we, we'd either, we'd go down, miss the field goal. We'd fumble on offense defense would, okay, you got to hold them to three. We'd give up seven. It was just, it was just unfortunate. And it was a, a matter of not finishing. And, um, and that's something that's actually kind of curious as to Pete Carroll, if you go back to all his college teams and all his NFL teams, they've been excellent at finish. You know, I think his, his record in December, this is probably the first time he's had, you know, multiple losses in December. And um, you know, I'm just, so it's, it's uncharted territory, not just for him, but for the franchise. And, uh, you know, but I think, yeah, there's definitely some pieces they need to get. But I also think that, you know, a clear understanding of, of who they are identity-wise is really what's lacking. I don't I don't see any commitment to the run game. Rashad Penny had 150 yards last week on 17K. He averaged eight yards a carry. We just stopped running the ball. It's, you know, so that, I mean, that's how you lose a 10-point 
lead in the fourth quarter is you give them opportunities on the other side. And, and defensively, we were on the field for 69 plays. I want to say it was almost two to one. I think they had 38 minutes of time possession. We had 22. So it's like we're not doing ourselves any favors. And then, of course, you're on the eight-yard line. The last thing the Seahawks fans want to see is a drop-back pass. Uh, they, they, I just, I'm just saying. A little traumatized. Man, run the ball and kick the field goal, and now you go up, you know, two possessions with five and some change left. And, and if Nick Foles brings them back and scores two in five minutes when he hasn't hasn't done that all game, that, that you know, go ahead. You know, you, you want you earned your win. So that was um. I was very shocked. It felt like we were just waiting to win that game and we let it slip out of our fingers. And it's kind of felt like that a lot this year in Seattle. And I I've kind of started to wonder Seahawks had that great three to four year run. It's come down a little bit since, and it's still, they've still been competitive, but just two division wins in seven years. It's kind of like when you were with the Seahawks, you had that elite three to four year run after the with the Super Bowl run in there. But then Matt Hasselbeck gets hurt. Then Sean Alexander leaves. So is that really all we can hope for is that three to four year kind of run? It's tough to keep things together. And I mean, you know, um, for, for one, yeah, you need a franchise quarterback. Right. Um, and you need you need a coach that has a clear plan. You know, for all for all the yards that Matthew threw for, and he was a phenomenal quarterback, we always had a number one or number two rush offense, and that's because <laughs> we we have we have Walter Jones, Hutchinson, Tobeck, Chris Gray, and Sean Locklear. And you know, as as guys get older, it's like okay, this is where we need to keep investing in. And you know, it's been wild to me. You know, a lot of organizations how they they undervalue the guys up front when. You know, I can find anybody to, I'm not going to say anybody, but, you know, I did play the position, so I will say anybody. I can find anybody to go make a tackle. Go, <laughs> let's go, let's go pay the guys up front so there's a clear path to the ball. I can find anybody to run the ball. Let's pay the guys up front to pave a way for, for a lane. And that, that's the thing I, I just, I find wild that, you know, a lot of people, they get enamored with investing money in the receivers. And when, when this team, was winning all those games two of their starting receivers were undrafted free agents baldwin one of the best in franchise history oh, and, yeah. and jermaine curse and i mean and you know like the thing was back when they came up they were undrafted free they were on the field they were on the field blocking kicks laying people out on special teams and like so i there there was just a different you know era of i want to say toughness that that whole team embodied and so um, it's not that we don't have tough players, but we're not playing like it is what I want to say. And, um, you know, so it's, it's, um, and I, I think it's probably because the new guys on the team, they don't remember tough times. They don't remember going seven and nine. Yeah. We won the division, but it's, you know, we everybody's laughing at us saying, Oh, well, you know, first loser to, you know, make the playoffs. Luckily we, we showed, <laughs> we showed who we are. We beat the reigning champs, uh, the saints. Uh, with the with the beast quake, but but again, that's how we got there. Marshawn Lynch and a strong defense, and then you know by the grace of God, we found Russell Wilson in the third round. Um, but and you know it's a lot was you know the uh, the defense and the run game back then, and then it transitioned over. Now it's a lot on on Russell. There's a lot of uh, pressure on Russell to 
you know, go out there and, and put up 30 every game because as that defense aged and, you know, guys retired or got injured, which is part of the game, it's uh, it's hard to keep it together, man. It's it's like you look at the decade we have, we're blessed, and then you look at – I don't have the team I know, uh, New England and maybe Green Bay, I guess you could put up there. and But before that, Peyton Manning, I guess, and the Colts, there's not many that withstand a decade or, or two of success. You really never have teams that do it for that long without a down year, right? Look at Pittsburgh. Exactly. They're kind of in their downslope right now, but no one's – we're not firing Mike Tomlin. That's not no, happening. I mean, a couple of years ago, no, Mike Tomlin's great. I can't believe I forgot him. Um, he's great, and they I think they missed the playoffs for a year or two, came back and won the division with like uh, 11 or 12 wins. So it's And that's a tough division every year, um, you know. So – it's um. There's a number of things that have to go right on top of you know drafting well, but you know staying healthy. And I think our you know, John and Pete have you know taken some criticism that like drafts haven't panned out. But uh, Daryl Taylor missed his whole rookie year. Uh, Collier missed almost all of his rookie year. Rashad Penny's missed three of his first years. Right. I think this is his third or fourth year. He's missed like two or three of them. So like you know that we we have Daryl Taylor is going to be a phenomenal player. And uh, yes, he is. Man, and it's just that, that we just – they're not staying healthy. And then we get Jamal, you know. You could pretty much call him a draft – call him two draft picks. We give him two first for him. Uh, he's had two shoulders. He played through one. Then this year he got it He got it, refit, he got it fixed. And then it happened again, same shoulder. So um, it's just – man, if you can stay healthy, it, it, it really helps out, man. Well, with Jordan Brooks on that linebacking core too, he's a star in the making. They have a lot of pieces – it's just putting them together in this puzzle. And so I think that means you believe that Carol's back, Schneider's back, and Russell Wilson is back? I believe it. But if there is, because the, the rumors that we heard, you know, last year, yeah. um, which I thought were largely overblown, but then you look at the year we've had, you know, injury notwithstanding, it's it, when when Russell's camp, you know, his camp puts out there, hey, we got some trade destinations. It's like, wait a minute. Wait, do you really not want to be here? And I don't know if that's the case, but that's why I, I always I wish Russell would have just came out and said something rather than like his camp talking for him because, you know, Russell's a big boy. He can figure it out. And if he wants to go somewhere else, I get it. But I don't think it should be a, a him or me or them or me type deal because I don't know too many that can just come in and, and, and write the ship as it is. You know, I, I trust the guys that took us there, John, Pete, Russ, you know, all together, I think if they just get down and talk in the offseason, as soon as the season's over, I think they can figure it out. And, I mean, that's that's just how it has to be if the three are going to go forward together. They have to be together. They can't be operating in separate silos is something that Jerry Ball likes to talk about all the time. It's yeah. one cohesive vision. As soon as we talked to, um, you know, Lee Steinberger, we had him on our show, you know, the great agent, and he said, when you pay – a quarterback that kind of money he is now a partner of the head coach and the gm and so i think that might have been the frustration and maybe some of the offseason moves or whatever you know like what russ and his camp were saying but um you know you for what like it or don't or, or you like it or not he is a partner now in you know and if it's if we're going forward i think he's got one or two left on his deal no trade clause but i'm sure he'd waive it for uh, you know, a destination of his choosing, and if if that's, I don't, I don't really, 
if people want to go back to three and four wins, you know, which we've only had, I think, even since Holmgren's error, like once, once, I think, maybe, yeah, this is the other one, five and whatever, whatever we finish up at. If you want to go back to three and four wins, how it was before Holmgren, I mean, just get ready. If you're, if you're wishing for, you know, restarting and blowing this operation up. Say goodbye to dull gifts. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the brightest gift of the year. Using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, they have cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find at a light price, $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but are just grown in a lab. Because of their process, they can create stones in blush pink and beautiful blue as well as classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off, priced so they won't have to. They really do make any outfit sparkle. Visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds, never a dull moment. That's the thing. I, I don't get the choosing one or the other. I really don't get choosing neither and moving on from both, which some people want. Yeah. How, how? How do you do that? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's hard enough to find a franchise quarterback. It's hard to find a Super Bowl winning coach and GM. And so, you know, my whole thing is like, hey, fellas, let's, let's figure it out and then let's move forward together because. I mean, I think Pete still, he signed through 2025. And um, I think the only one that's not signed through 2025 is, is Russ, I think. And so it'll be interesting to see how it unfolds. But I, I really not a fan of blowing up the operation. Especially when there is so much talent. You have Tyler Lockett. You have DK Metcalf. There, there's talent here. And obviously you trust Pete Carroll because you've had that relationship all the way back at USC when you're playing linebacker, you for him and Kem Norton Jr. Then through the NFL in Pete's first season and then coaching with him as mm -hmm. well in Seattle. So what's that been like seeing the evolutions of Pete Carroll throughout his career and yours? Yeah, I mean, it was awesome. Um, you know, we, we did had a lot of winning at SC with 26 games. We were 25 and one with two national titles. Um, and then even coming here, it was a losing season. But uh, even when we're losing, we win. So we went to the went to the playoffs. We won the division and uh, it was fun. And it's just, uh, you know, Pete's a great motivator and, and he's a great coach. And I think right now the, you know, the only thing that's missing is, you know, the guys – we have talent, but I think, you know, the message being carried throughout, you know, the team is the only thing missing. And it's not that we don't have leaders, you know, Bobby and Russell, two of the best leaders I've seen, but it's, it's getting the younger guys to understand their roles on the team. And like, it's, it's, it's a fine line. And as you know, Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas, Richard Sherman, um, you know, Cliff Abram, Michael Bennett, Brandon Meebang, these aren't those weren't just amazing players. Those were amazing leaders. Offense, Doug, Curse, Marshawn, um, the, the linemen up front, man, it goes on. Like it was, it was everybody that understood their role in the team and and they worked together. I mean, it's and so as it gets it gets hard to 
you know, it's almost like I liken it to like the Patriot way that Belichick uses, right? Yeah. That, that model or that that philosophy and that you know um, message is understood from the moment a young guy walks in, and so I just don't know if that's you know the the way Pete and you know his his ethos is you know his philosophy is competition and best man to, you know for the job. So I don't know if that's getting lost in translation. And I think you know because I I, I do see it's you can't stay this close in every game without talent, and then finishing that's just I, I think that's something mentally that that has to be transferred um that that's where i think we're lacking it's just the ability to focus the ability to zone in and just get it done <laughs> and do you think that might be because of the drama around russ this offseason or do you think it's independent of one another it's just something that happens to teams you know this is something that i've always the, the, the toughest part, especially even when I was coaching, you know, for Pete, the, the hardest thing was that um, he, he's, you know, very positive and he wants the energy and all the energy. And, you know, we got to keep running. We got to go hard. Well, the guy, guys are going to play hard. We need him to play smart. And I'm not saying that he, you know, taught them not to play smart or, 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 but, or tolerated it even. But it was always a question of, yo, why are we getting these untimely penalties? Well, first of all, it's never a good time for penalties. But so this is kind of the difference between playing for Mike Holmgren and playing for Pete Carroll. Was Mike Holmgren? I don't care how good you are, if you are continually getting penalties, you're not going to play, and and eventually you're going to be on another team. And so it's um, you know we've had guys that just you know continually get penalties. It was like it's like you know it's like okay, but we're not doing anything at, about it. So it, it is like we're tolerating it. And we were always baffled. It was like, well, how can we unteach it to him? And I was like, yeah, you got to set him. Like, and I think I was really proud when Pete sat Jordan Brooks. Um, he had a late hit. I love Jordan's aggression, but he had a hit that was like five yards out of bounds. Um, and if it was inbounds, beautiful hit, you know. But it was five yards out. It was another 15 on a 15 yards, so 30 yards had just been given up. And he, he said, hey, you know, hit the bench. And I was like, hey, now that, that is something I've never seen out of Pete. I've seen him talk to guys, hey, you know, because he, like I said, he he teaches and he coaches from such a positive place. He wants guys to be at their best and, and not ever doubting themselves. That's fine. But, you know, you still have to have discipline if you want to win. Edgy Pete Carroll is something that I kind of like the sounds of. With right willing to get his guys in line and back to Mike Holmgren for a second though talk about that team with Holmgren with those hall of fame offensive linemen on the other side in practice with Hutchinson and Jones what was that like in tackling Sean Alexander I mean practice must have been hell for you oh it was I mean if you if you can get by that you know all pro offensive line uh then you have to get by Max Strong 14, 15 year veteran, uh, absolute beast. And then you get to tackle the MVP if you if you're in position to do it. So uh, but yeah, Hasselbeck, Bobby Ingram, uh, Daryl Jackson, Joe Vicious. I mean, we were stacked. And um, yeah. it was it was incredible, right? And so uh, but that made us better. And as a defense, um, we were we were a scrappy bunch, man. I, I like to think that you know we brought that attitude and, and that that nasty that that the eventual Legion of Boom fed off of, right? You know, the ball hawking, 
we were always up there in turnovers. We, um, we, we got, I think we led the league in sacks two out of the, the four years with Holmgren. Um, and it was, you know, very opportunistic team. We get, we gave up yards just like this defense, but we were always hot up there in scoring defense. So just don't let them score. Um, but it, it was just fun times, man. It was some of the most fun football that, you know, I ever got to play and, uh, great group of guys, my brothers, you know, still cherish it to this day. And then it was awesome playing for Mike. It was, it was demanding. It was hard. Just like all the stories you hear. And he's, he's an imposing figure. He's like six, six. Um, and so, you know, you're a middle linebacker. You're supposed to be one of the baddest dudes. And then you're getting, you know, reamed out by a guy that you got to look that's like six inches taller than you. And it's like, okay, coach. <laughs> a little intimidating there. Yeah. It's like, well, it's hard to look tough when you're six inches shorter than the dude, you know? So I'm just kidding, <laughs> you know. Especially he's got the iconic mustache and everything. Too, oh, yeah. Yes. Terrifying sight. And, Another imposing coach is Dan Campbell for the Detroit Lions, former player. And we've talked about this with Jerry Ball about how there's so many former players coaching on this team. Antoine Randall L., the former Steelers mm -hmm. receiver, he's the receivers coach, bunch of other players. So is that an advantage to have someone who knows the game on field or does it really matter? And there's different ways to, to skin a ham. Yeah, I mean, Pete's had several players coach for him. Me, um, Ken Norton, Ricky Manning uh, Jr., Nick Sorensen, Chad Morton. Like, so there, there is definitely advantage, you know, because there's, there's guys that have been in those seats and you know, seeing seeing it from their perspective and like having because I've had coaches that that have never played. That was some of the best coaches I ever had. I was a coaches that never played that were very hard to work with because. When you're explaining what you saw out there, your perspective, because, yeah, for, from the film, yeah, okay, Coach, yeah, if I saw it from this angle, I would have made a different choice. <laughs> but I saw it from, you know, six feet, you know, on the field, you know, and four yards in front of me. And so when there's a lot that just, you know, they didn't want to hear it. And it's tough because it's like, well, how we can't even have an open dialogue about how I'm supposed to get this done because you need to tell me how to see it faster and <laughs> – you're not, you're just telling me that I messed up. I know I messed up. So I think that perspective from, you know, that's what I always tried to bring when I, when I got to, was lucky to coach, um, you know, assistant linebacker coach with the, the Hawks with Bobby and KJ is just, I would ask them, hey, so what, what made you choose that route or, you know, what, you know, what did you see? And so I feel like, you know, progressively got better, but um, you know, it, it's so, I don't know if it's definitely an advantage because there's some of the best players that ever played that, really not the best teachers of the game you know so it could it could go either way really i hate to give a yes no answer on that one it just it depends on you know how the players are they relating to them do they are they really learning and then you know getting the extract that information from them or or is it just um well this is what i used to do and you know well hey these players aren't you so you can't treat them as such you can't just assume that they see it the way you do was what it comes down to so Exactly. People are different and you can't just expect a carbon copy of you as a player. And that's, it's hurt a lot of coaches throughout their careers when that kind of thing happens. As for the Lions, they have Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator who played as a corner for years in the NFL. Aubrey Pleasant, the DB coach. And early in the season, it was week one, there's a screaming match between Jeff Akuda and Aubrey Pleasant. But the players come out and say, no, 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 that's just their relationship. They can do that. But he yeah. wouldn't talk that way to someone who 
doesn't respond that way. So it's. Yeah. Well, that's a lot of things. You know, you don't understand their relationship and everyone gets motivated or they need different, you know, yeah, exactly. Like it's, um, that that's, I, I saw, I did see that replay and, uh, and then, but they didn't show him hug him after a play a series later. And of then course him, not. Why would they right? show that? Yeah. <laughs> typical, right. But, um, and so, I mean, yeah, there's, there's some guys you have to get after like, and then they, because that's how they respond. And then now they're like, okay, I'm in game mode. I'm right. You know, but, and before that, they're probably just, you know, you know, uh, sleepwalking through the game. Like, oh, oh, we're at a game. And, you know, they're just super talented, but they're not, like, ready to turn on, hit the switch. So, I get it. It happens. Yeah. You coach a, a player like Jared Goff, different than you coach DeAndre Swift, different than you coach our all-pro in the making, Panay Sewell, out on tackle, too. What do you think about this Lions team going forward? Is there anything you've seen that – gives them a chance to really build into something special? I haven't got to watch a ton of them. Uh, I'm excited about what I do. I like Goff. You know, I, I really couldn't believe that Stafford, like that, that Sean McVay gave up on Goff for Stafford. And like, no offense on your boy Stafford, but 0-3 in the playoffs. I mean, I think I think uh, Goff might have more playoff wins in one, you know, one playoff. So He does. It's so it's just it's tough. Like I I don't understand that, and um, you know that's one of those grass is always greener. But you know, golf he gave us hell every time we played him. I mean, he came in with a broken thumb and beat us. It was it was crazy, right? And so um, I like him. I think he'll be fine. Um, you know, again, this is the first year, right? That uh, is this Campbell's first year over there? Yes, it is. Yeah, and so they're they're just trying to figure it out, you know, uh, themselves as a coaching staff and everything, and so. Um, I could see, I like Amon Ross St. Brown and, you know, the fact that he's finally getting the targets, you know, he, he's a volume guy, man. He was at SC, like just throw him 12 to 14. He's going to come down with 10, 10 or 11 of them with hundred yards, a couple touchdowns. That's just what he does. He's tough. He reminds me kind of, of my, my guy, Golden Tate. Um, I think Tate was maybe a little, a little more elusive or stronger, I would say in yards after catch, but Amon, Amon Ross St. Brown is tough. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, you're gonna, you guys are gonna like him. Um, you know, Jamal Williams is a guy that I would I thought was really I thought that was a great free agent acquisition by you guys, and I was expecting him to see a ton of carries. So I don't know what really happened there because every time he went in for Aaron Jones, he crushed it in Green Bay, and so um, I'm, I'm surprised that he hasn't gotten you know more volume in terms of uh, touches. So Williams has kind of run into another Aaron Jones and DeAndre Swift catching the ball out of the backfield and such, but it works better when it's a one-two punch between the two of them. And now they've got another young guy too, Craig Reynolds, who's looking good. I like the run game, especially because there's three first rounders on that offensive line. Hal Vitae too, the right guard. It is a fun group of guys. Well, see, that's hey, what were we just talking about? That's how you build is through those O and D lines. The, the, the game, and Campbell knows he was a tight end, right? The game's one in the trenches. Exactly. And that's why I was so excited when the first round pick was a left tackle. The second round pick was a defensive tackle. And the third round pick was a mm. nose tackle. That is yeah. chef's kiss. That's how yeah. you start something in Detroit. But yeah. for starting something in USC, you've got Lincoln Riley now. How do you feel about that? I mean, I'm excited about it. 
My my only question is, you know, yeah, the points, right? The points are going to come. I, I know he's going to put up 40 a game. But are we going to, you know, give up 41 a game? Like, is that – because it's kind of been, you know, the, the Achilles heel of, of his uh, championship runs. He's been to three playoffs, I think, in the first five years. That's exciting. Um, you know, I, I don't know if the Big 12 is really that much better than the Pack. You know, I know everybody likes to, you know – rip on the pack 12 right but i don't know you know but it's so, the east coast bias let's be honest yeah yeah i mean i i i've played all of them before you know and honestly the sec is in a class of its own you know and uh but i i think this is a division he should be able to come in and have success early you know i'm not saying playoffs first year but you know the recruits he's landing already is incredible um, you know, there's going to be guys coming in the transfer portal, so we'll, we'll see what happens, but, um, yeah, it's, I just want to remind everybody we've, we've hired a lot of offensive coaches since Pete left. We have not even sniffed the playoffs. We did have one guy named Ed Ogeron that was a defensive coach and we let him go and he won a title with LSU. So, you know, I defense wins championships. That's all you're going to hear from me. <laughs> Yes, it does. And even though Lincoln, that's not his scheme, hopefully he can recruit some of those young star defensive linemen because that's what you need in college yeah. football. Oh, talent talent wins in college football. Like if, if you can recruit, you, you, you could just put some guys out there and they can win for you without being the greatest X's and O's coach. But, but um, I mean, you got, you got your hands full if you don't get the talent, man. Absolutely. And it'd be, it'll be fun to see the rebirth of USC if it does happen, because when oh, USC God. is good, college football is just so much better. That's the truth. I appreciate you, man. Um, that's yeah. So I, with, with what they paid him, we didn't pay that to, to, you know, win pack 12 titles. We paid that to go to the playoffs. Exactly. And hopefully we see USC back in the playoffs soon. And hopefully we see the Seahawks and the Lions. I don't want to say back in the playoffs for the Lions, but you know what I mean? Hopefully both yeah. 2022 for the Seahawks, maybe 2023 for the Lions. But for Sunday, what do you think happens in this game? What What's your final score? Because I know our friends over at Bet Online think Seahawks by seven. I think I had... In, in my we do score predictions on believe in Seahawks. I think I was 27. Was it 20 or 21? So I did. We didn't quite cover the spread, but, and you guys are a scrappy bunch, man. I'm expecting a fight. I mean, the way they took it to Arizona, that was, that was impressive. The lions have been a, just a scrappy team all year. I think they're 10 and six against the spread at this point. They're not going down without a fight. There you go. So uh, for me, I think as the Lions guy, I am going to have to take Detroit to eke out a victory over Seattle. I'm going to go with 23 to 21 on a last second field goal from our young guy, Riley Patterson. Oh, wow. He's taking a money line. <laughs> I have to. I mean, I, what, what do you want? It's, it's called the Believe in Lions podcast. I hear you, brother. I hear you. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining us here tonight. And before you head out, are there any pluggables that you want to plug? Oh, I mean, you know, uh, my company Zone and CBD. It's available online at zoneandcbd.com. Um, you know, it's got me ready to make a comeback. I'm thinking about, you know, getting back out there. 
I think I could help them. I could help out the Seahawks this year. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, you know, I don't know if you've ever had CBD products, but it's great for anti-inflammatory, um, you know, neuroprotective. So good for the mind, great for the body. And um, it's got me feeling young again, brother. It helps with the anxiety too, something I personally experience as well. So yes, I am a big fan and uh, I look forward to trying your product as well. Right on, brother. Well, thank you so much for tuning in and uh, check out Lofa Tatupu over on the Believe in Seahawks podcast. And until next week, we will see you next time. I believe, I believe, I believe. I love the Lions. Say it with me. I love the Lions. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.